0: Just a short, we got a short word and uh, that I wanted to share, um, but it's okay, you know, there's always next year, there's always next year. Um, if uh, if you could please open up to Psalm 119, um, and then I'll speak quickly, and then we'll pray, and then we'll be done. <clears throat> All right, if we could pray before, just very quickly. God, we thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives. God, we thank you for everything that you're doing in our hearts. God, we bless you, God, and we bless your name today, God. And we want to receive from you, Lord. We want to receive from your word tonight, God. And we thank you, God, for your spirit that's here, God. And we pray that you would continue to work in us, continue to work in our youth, God, and change us, God, so that we leave changed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, does everybody have a translating? Yeah? Okay. All right. Um, so yesterday, we were in my G12, we were talking about, uh, we're reading this chapter, and I really felt uh, before when I, I really felt like God wanted to speak uh, from this chapter. And I'm just going to go into it real quick. Uh, this is talking about God's commands. Uh, chapter, or Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, I think, Everybody knows that. It's the chapter on the Word of God. It's the definitive chapter on the Word of God. It talks about God's commands, His decrees, His laws, whatever way you put it. I'm just happy that they didn't use one word. Yesterday, we tried; Michael tried reading one word, laws, and he substituted laws for all the that. I'm happy they weren't so repetitive. But it's talking about commands. This is God's, uh, pretty much, it's not just reading the Bible, but this is uh God's heart. This is what God's desire for us to do. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, actually, really interesting. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, 176 verses. Psalm 117 is the shortest, with two verses. Psalm 116 is in the very middle of the Bible. So that's how it's interesting how that played out. But, anyways, uh, if we read the first eight verses, It says, Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instruction of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. So God said in Hebrews, he said, I will put my law in their minds. I will write it on their hearts. <clears throat> and in the Old Testament, they had, you know, the first, this, who wrote the book was probably Ezra. We don't know who wrote it, but it was probably Ezra. He was a priest. There's a book called Ezra in the Bible. And he, uh, he wrote this and he's talking about how he loved God's commandments. How he just, it says he, he, he said, I love it with all my heart. This is my greatest, like my treasure. This is, this is the thing that I love the most is your commands. And he had the first five books of the Bible. You know, he had Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Numbers and Deuteronomy. That's all he had. But he said, I love your commands. There, there, it strengthens me. It builds me up. And here we see how amazing God's commands are. If we look through this whole chapter, through, uh, through this whole psalm, and you read it. And after I read it over, you know, before I could not stay in this, this chapter it's so long. It's got 176. It's like, man, that's how long is that? It took you like five days to read it. But it's it's so, it reveals so much of the word to you. You're like, wow. As, as I read it, and I just read it over and over, I'm like, man, this is this is what I need right here. It became my, not my favorite, but my second favorite psalm in the Bible. My favorite is Psalm 51 by David. I love that psalm. But here he talks about his commands. And we don't get saved by, by commands, right? We don't get saved by obeying commands. We don't get saved. We get saved by grace. We get saved by believing in Jesus. But commands, the commands of God, it matures us, right? It's the meat that matures us. It's not milk. It's not, you know, uh, it's, it's not something, something that's for babies. This is for mature believers. And we need meat to mature us. We need the, the, uh, the truths, the deeper truths of God to mature us as a Christian. And you know, conferences, I love conferences. We need conferences, you know. But you don't get changed because you went to You You can get changed at a conference, but you don't grow with conferences. You don't grow uh, with experiences. We need experiences, We need them, but we you, that's not how you grow. You don't mature with conferences. And you know, I love conferences, but I don't need a conference. you know? I have the Word of God, and the Word of God is what matures us as a as a believer. It It builds us up. And it's not just reading the Word of God every day as a Bible reading plan, and oh, okay, I read it, and you check that off. No, this is you read it, you receive from it. It's like, uh, I read a little clip from the book. Uh, it's called Experiencing the Depths of Jesus by Madame Guillaume. And she said that when she reads the Bible, she doesn't just read it. She said there's plenty of ways you could read it. You can study it. You can just, you know, read it. She said how she reads it is she prays about it. And she takes every verse and she meditates. She thinks about it. She prays about it. And it's something that it's like, it's like a bee that goes over flowers. You could just skip over it, or you can stop at a flower, and you can get the nectar from it. And that is pretty much how the Word of God is, is you could just read it like a book and get nothing from it. Or you can read it like like it's the Word, It's because it's alive. And the thing is about the Bible, it's alive. And when you read it, you can receive from it. And so uh, here we see the first thing he said, well, one of the first things I see is, he says, they do not compromise with evil. They walk only in his paths. They do not compromise with evil. There are so many things that the devil has placed in our life to take our attention away from God's commands. And there's so, it's, it's so many things in our life that can take away his commands. When you start filling your life with junk, uh, you know, and not, not only junk, just regular stuff. When you get a job, you get money, you start getting stuff. You see, you know what, I got a lot of things and you know you start your attention starts to go to these things and it leaves your heart leaves God's commands and you start to think about this thing and that thing and i'm not saying they're bad for you but I, what i'm saying is you it's so easy you can so easily get distracted and you don't have to have a lot of things you could have nothing there's people it's like pride like you know people full, full of pride you could have nothing You could be broke, you know, you could be broke as a joke and still be full of pride. Or you can have everything and still be humble. And it's the same thing. You can have, you know, there's men of God that, that, you know, God has blessed them with so much. And they're so, you know, they have a lot of money. But at the same time, they don't care about any of the things they have. And that's how we have to value God's commands above all the things, above all the little things. It even says in verse uh, 37, it says, turn my eyes from worthless things and give my life and give me life through your word turn my eyes from the worthless things there's gonna be so many worthless things in our life that can turn our attention away from God and we have to we have to learn yeah we have those things you could say well I'm just gonna get rid of everything well you'll have nothing and then you'll still somehow find a way to to you know to be distracted and you know my thing you know my thing is sports it's like if I get too involved in sports that's it you know but I have to learn how to how to not you know I had to take a lot of fast from it and there's a lot of things like fashion for example, you could start dressing nice and then it could completely you know envelop you and all you think about is dressing nice, and there's so many of those little things in our life, and then the the uh, another thing we see it says in verse nine, verse nine through eleven it says, how can a young person stay pure, by obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Purity. We, it's, like, it's funny. You talk to people. I was talking to an atheist person in, uh, in New York, and we talk, we're talking about God. And, and it's like this guy, he's saying, yeah, I want to be good. He knows that he should be good. It's like why does he know that he should be good? It's like it's all put in us. We all try to be good, right? We all try to do the right thing, but somehow, you know, somehow we never change. Sometimes It's like you, you come to a service and you're like, man, I want to get that out of my life. Man, I want to start living right. I, I, I want to stop doing this. And, you know, I know, has anybody ever had that before in their life where you're like, man, I know I should, I should not do this anymore. I know I need to change this. I know I got to get this out of my life, but somehow you just, you, it never changes. Why, why is that? Why, why is that? Because logic doesn't work. You made a decision here. You say, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. But it doesn't affect your heart. And only, only when you start to draw yourself to, to the commands of God, only when you start to draw yourself to the Word of God, and you see why do I not, why can't I do that? And you look, that's what's going to change you. You will never change because you made a good decision, and you said, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to be like that anymore. Okay, that was a decision. And a lot of times... You know, we don't, have, we don't even have the self-control. But when we start to obey his word, it says, I've hidden your word, verse 11. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When we take his word and we, ha- and we put it in, and what does, that, what does that mean? I've hidden your word in my heart. That means we take it and we value it. And we, and we say, God, this is what I start my day off with. This is what I read. This is what I think about. And, and it says, it says uh, later, he says, I meditate on your word. It means I think about it. I, I don't just read it, but I think about what I read. I, I reflect on it. I wonder, how does, how does this affect me? And through that, we find purity. And then, you know, another thing is obedience. I was, I was at, uh, at uh, Ilias School Club on Monday, and I was talking about obedience. And, and obedience is one of those things where you can obey, where you, where God, okay, obedience. God loves obedience. It's like when we read about David. Uh, David was, God loved him like, I don't know, he would cross a mountain and, and a river for, for David. I don't know, if you, if you read how God loved David. When, when he sinned with Bathsheba, God said, uh, God, God told him through the prophet, he said, he said, I gave you the kingdom and I would have given you much more if you would have desired it. Who, who heard that before, you know? God saying, I would have even given you more than I gave you if you would have asked me for it. God loved David so much. And, and later, when he, when he uh, spoke to the prophet, and he said, I'm going to take the kingdom away from, uh, what's his name, Rehoboam? Is that Rehoboam, his grandson, David's grandson? Solomon's son? Rehoboam, right? Okay. Anyways, I, I, he, he, spoke to, he spoke to him and, and he said, um, or he spoke to the prophet, to Jeroboam. Sorry, he spoke to Jeroboam. And he said, uh, "I'm going to take the kingdom away, but because of Dave, but for David's sake, I'm going to give him one tribe. I'm going And he said that they will never stop ruling and reigning. Never. Why? Because he made a covenant with David. That's how God valued obedience. He says two people in the in the uh, if you look at Matthew chapter one, two people in that chapter uh, God mentions as his sons or Jesus's Jesus relatives or ancestors. Two people, Abraham and David. Why those two? Because they were completely abandoned. They obeyed God to the fullest, and they sold out completely. And when you look at David's obedience, it's like, man, that, he, he was so, uh, such at a, such high position, but yet still able to lower himself. You know, and just as an example in my life, uh, just of obedience, I know, I remember one time where I used to work, uh, where I still work there, but a different position, and I really wanted to be a firefighter, really wanted to be a firefighter. And I'm like, God, you know, I really want to do this. This is uh, my dream. Cause it's a cool job, you know. You get to climb ladders, you know, go through fires. And it's, it's, I love that kind of stuff. And, and I really want to do this. And I even talk to people. I talk to Pastor. I'm like, Pastor, should I do this? And he's like, yeah, go for it. You know, so I'm like, okay. But at the same time, I felt like I should not do this. Like I felt, and I'm not saying, you know, firefighting is a bad job. I'm just saying. I felt like God said, don't do it. And I'm like, man, you know, why, why not? It's a good job. I don't want to be stuck working here. I want to do something with my life. I really want to be a firefighter. I'm going to do it. And so I started, you know, yeah, I started, you know, applying and, and thinking about it. And, and I was just, okay, I was making plans. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then God kept saying, don't do this. And it was a small voice And I did not want to hear it. I did not want, because I'm like, okay, God, I don't want to keep working here. I work in a machine and just cut metal out. And I'm like, God, I don't want to do this. I want to do something fun. I want to do something exciting. But God kept saying, don't do it. And and it was one of those things where I really, I could have justified it. I could have said, oh, you know what? God doesn't want me to be poor. God doesn't want me to do this and this. He wants me to do something with my life. I'm going to do it. I got pastor's permission. I could have justified it so easily. But I had to learn obedience. And I remember that time when I said, you know what, God, I don't care. I will do whatever it takes. I want to be obedient to your word. I made up, I'm like, I don't care if I, if I don't end up being anybody. I want to obey you. And I made that decision in my mind. I'm like, God, okay, I'm going to give it up. This is not from you. Then I'm going to give it up. All right, God. And, you know, you see how God works in your life. And in a, in just in a little bit, I got promoted three times at my job. I got promoted three times. I didn't, I didn't deserve it, you know. I shouldn't be where I'm working today. I shouldn't have been there. I wasn't qualified at all. And you just see God's hand on your life when you obey his commands. Another thing, uh, it says in verse 15, I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Amen. <laughs> This is one of those things is studying the Word of God. How come we don't study the Word of God? We, it, we, a lot of times we study for other things. We study for, you know, school. We study for tests. We study for a lot of things. But we don't study the Word of God. Why is that? You know, we need, we need to study the Bible. We need to know what's written in the Bible. We need to know what verse is where. I was looking up a verse today, and I was looking in the Bible. I couldn't find it, and then I Googled it. And so, and then I found it, and it was right there where I was looking. I just skipped over it, and but it's funny is we live in iPhone generation. We live where we Google everything, and we can't find it. We'll we'll find it in Google, we'll YouTube it, whatever. And but you know what? We cannot be like that with the Bible. We need to know this thing for ourselves. You say it's like that that uh, with, where Noah was. Uh, that skit, or what, on New Year's, we saw the video where he's like, "Oh yeah, I know the verse. Hold on, let me, you know, let me YouTube it, let me Google it, uh, Bible Gateway, whatever." Uh, you know, we need to we need to know this stuff for ourselves, and then we we need to know we need to know what's written here. So you know, when somebody asks us, you know, um, "Oh, is is homosexuality is homosexuality wrong?" Well, of course it is. Well, why? Because it says in the Bible. Where? Uh, I don't know. You know, so we don't stand there like a big dummy, like, oh, I don't know where it's written. No, we, we have to know where it's written. We have to know where, you know, 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Romans chapter 1 clearly talks about it. So, you know, you don't say, hold on, let me, let me look it up or let me get back to you. I'll ask somebody. No, so you know this stuff for yourself. You got to, we got to know what's written. You know, how many verses do, do we know, man? Do we know? Can we turn to? Or like, you know, everybody knows John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Everybody knows where that is. What, what other verses do we know? Can we can we quote a verse and say this is where this is written? Because we have to we have to do that. When we talk to somebody about God and we don't use the we don't we don't use the Bible, that we're just using our logic, you know. So we have to learn how we have to learn where things are written. We have to study it. We have to we have to take time. That means, you know, that means digging in when when it's when you don't want to. Uh, another thing that goes right along with it. Is he says in verse 18, open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. Uh, In verse, I'm gonna turn there real quick. In verse uh, 104, man, I'm not used to saying verse 104. It's like you're used to saying like verse 30, verse 20, verse 104. It says, Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. God's commandments give us understanding. We understand why we do what we do. We understand what is wrong, what is not wrong. When I look at somebody and and I tell them, look, this is wrong, well, I don't see it. Well, just they don't understand why it's wrong because they don't don't understand God's commandments. It It says in the Bible that, God says, my people are dying for a lack of knowledge. My people are dying because they don't understand my word. People are suffering because they don't know what's written in here. They don't know. And we have to, you know, the word of God, it gives us knowledge for, for every area in our life. Uh, you know, it says, it says in the next, next verse, 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Verse 130, your, the teaching of your word gives light, so even the simple can understand. God, God gives us, uh, and then I uh, like this, 96, it says, even perfection has its limits, but your commands have no limits. And God's word gives us so much understanding. And, you know, it's like when, when, when I see somebody, they're hanging out, and they're hanging out with, with the wrong people. You know, they have the wrong friends. And I wonder why why is it that they don't have the why is it that they their friends are 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 not right. They're not right with God and they still hang out with them. Because they don't have an understanding of why you they shouldn't do that. And it's you know, it's funny, I I talked to my I talk to my G12, you know, uh, and I talked to certain ones, and I'm gonna pick on my G12 today because you know they had the giggles yesterday, and we had we had G12, and they just could not stop laughing. And David and Ruvim and who was Anton Man, they they it was it was interesting. So during the thing, they they could not stop laughing, and so they went outside, and so they kept distracting us because they're laughing loud. And and I I walk outside to see, and I see Anton rolling around on the floor. I'm like, man, that's like you know when 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 uh, when God hits, it's like man, it's amazing. But I'm gonna get you guys back for that, okay? <laughs> what was I saying? Okay. <laughs> You know when when we when we look at people, they don't have an understanding, and and you wonder, God, how come how come you know you see you see a person, and they they keep making mistakes over and over again, because they don't have an understanding of His Scripture, and you know people go to conferences, they change, they they receive something, but they never change because they never get into the Word of God, they never they never, uh, they never receive a revelation of of how important scripture is and uh, the last thing and we're done and we're going to pray soon Uh, in verse one 111 last one okay 111 it says your laws are my treasure they are my heart's delight your laws are my treasure they're my heart's delight we need to come to a place where we treasure god's commands god's commandments above everything else, all right? Uh, okay, you guys are like walking around. Can I please get everybody's attention for five minutes? Thank you. Uh, it says, your laws are my treasure. Ezra, when he was writing this, or whoever wrote this, said your laws are my treasure. They are, they are my house of delight. How come, you know, it's one of those funniest things. How come we come to church a lot of times, and we say, man, God, I really want to pray. I really want to pray more. I really want to, I want to read the Bible more. You know, has anybody ever made that kind of decision? They said, man, I, I," like, during worship or something, you're like, man, God, okay, I'm going to pray more. God, I'm going to seek you more. You know, as, as I talk to people, you know, from my group, they, it's like, it's funny, they all say that. It's like, man, you know, I know I need to read the Bible more. I know I need to pray more. How come nobody, how come nobody does that, though? It's like, everybody says that, but how come nobody does it, you know, if we're going to be honest? A lot of times we say it, but, but we never change. We never change. Nothing changes in our life. Nothing, nothing happens. We just, we say it, but nothing happens. And, and why? And one of the biggest reasons that I've understood is because we never have, we did not, the word of God has not become our delight. Uh, God's commands has not become the delight of our heart. And that's the problem. When we don't value his word and we don't look at his commands as being the most important thing, when we don't do that, we don't care about, about changing. We, we just don't because we want to. We know it's the right thing, but we made a decision in our mind. But it never happened here in our hearts. And that's the problem. When, when, we, when we come to God and we say, God, I really want to change. God, I really want to do this. I want to do that. But nothing happens. You know, I remember before I started to, I said, you know, God, I'm going to follow your commands. I'm going to obey you what, as, as much as I can in every area of my life. And, you know, God led me to, you know, he led me to read the Bible more. I read the Bible three times in nine months, you know, from cover to cover. And I, I, I got a hunger for the word. Why? Not because I said, God, I'm going to read the Bible more. No, because I, I decided to put God's commands as, as something that I love above everything else. Like, like uh, Albino was saying, not only first, but one and only. This is the only, God, God is the only thing. When you start to treasure his commands, and we know we get to this place and we make a lot of uh, uh, kind of excuses for why we're at where we're at. Say, okay, I can't do this because of this. Because I don't feel like, uh, you know, if somebody says, you know, sell out to God, give him your life. You know, come, come do this, do that. People start automatically thinking, oh, that means that I can't have a good job. Oh, that means that I can't have a good car. Oh, that means that I'm not going to, you know, get the things I want. Well, this is not for me. The, oh, the Christianity is not for me or, or just that, that's too radical. Why you got to be so radical? Why you got to be, you know, why, why you got to say it like that? And, and that's, that's where it, what it comes down to is people who, who have decided to take up the cross, and are going to follow his commands and have placed his commands above all things in their life. And they treasure his commands. How many times does he say in this, uh, I, if you read it, you could see he says, God, I, I love your commands. They're so, you know, they're, they're my life. They're everything I need. Your commands are so they're so amazing. And, and when you get to that place, your life changes. You know, a lot of times we say, God, I'm going to sell out for you. But we really were saying, no, I still want to do what I'm doing because we never place his commands above all other things in our life. We, we say, God, I want to I wanna, you know, follow you, but at the same time, though, we still love what we're doing, and nothing changes, and it's, it goes on like that. And the problem is because we don't treasure his word, and we don't wake up and we say, God, what is your word saying for today God what is what can I receive look I don't read the Bible just to just to find something good so I can share you know I don't read the Bible just so I can find a good point and be able to preach on it no I read the Bible because it's what I need it's it's my daily bread that's how you're going to grow not not through experiences and those are good not through you know conferences you know we need that but this is how we're going to go grow through the Bible you know, when you sit down and you study and you take time and you just study, you take a subject, you say, God, I want to I want to find out something about this. Show me something about this. And you take time and you study, you dig deep into the word of God. That's where you're going to change. That's what's going to change you. That's where you become, that's where you grow. Not, not God, uh, please, you know, do make a miracle happen in my life. I'm, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, apply myself to your word. I'm not going to apply the word to my life. I'm just going to, no, see, that, that's the wrong kind of an attitude. Um, as, you know, and right now, we're just going to, we're just going to pray, and uh, I, I, I hope that every, every single person today, that you ask yourself, what is my heart's delight? What is my treasure? What is the thing that I, what is, it, what, is, what is it in my heart that I place above? What is the thing that I love most? What is it? If you could just honestly ask yourself today, what is, do I find my delight in God's word? Do I find like I'm drawn to it? Do I find it? Do I long for it? Do I say, God, show me your word. Show me the beauty of it. God, show me how amazing your commands are. Because he says, he says in here, he says, your your laws are my heart's delight; they're my treasure. He he loved it more than anything else. And we have to ask ourselves, what is it that is my heart's delight? If it's if it's not the Word of God, if it's not God's commands, if it's not His His Spirit, if it's not the things of God, then something's going to happen, and, and you're not going you're not going to follow God, and you're not you're not going to go all the way. Why? Because. Through God's commands, we're changed. It's the Word of God that changes us. And if we could just stand up right now, and uh, we're gonna pray. And uh, tonight, just ask yourself honestly, what is it? What is it that I love? What is my heart's delight? Is the Word of God my heart's delight? Am I changed by it? And is this changing me? Is it? Is it changing my life? Is it? Is it changing who I am? Or or is it just something that I read and then I forget about it for the whole day. And we need to treasure his command above above everything else in our life, above all the little things in our life.